Hello, we're back. It's me, Matt, and I've not—I haven't got COVID. I thought it may. Well, I mean, I didn't think I did, but I got tested anyway, like a good citizen. Uh, <laughs> which is why we didn't put out a, a episode last week. I was sick. Yeah, it was all Matt's fault. Yeah, it was my fault. Um, but Trinko's back too. Yes, and I also don't have COVID. Yeah, no, you not, don't. Not that that was ever like a thing. No, for me. And and I'm glad of it. But Matt ruined my weekend because he had COVID. <laughs> hey, no, I was fine on the weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, we hung out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe I did. I got mind COVID, <laughs> memory COVID. Hell yeah! And we're also got our very first special guest, Ooh. Laura Devro. Hello. I also don't have COVID, which <laughs> I guess is a prerequisite of being in this room. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. You couldn't hear it because you're not wearing headphones, but I just played the applause button on my fancy oh, new machine. Oh, that's really nice of you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm feeling quite nervous, so that's good. <laughs> no, yeah. don't be. I haven't drunk enough wine yet. You're going to be so fine. Um, Laura is a good friend of ours. Uh, we went, uh, well, I went to school with Laura, uh, and she's a modeling agent. Not for either of us because we're not pretty enough. <laughs> but, you know. They won't stop asking me, though. It's very uncomfortable. I just want that model money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and one day I will get it. I, I just think personally that I have immaculate hands and I don't see why I shouldn't be making me? money off that. Can I have a look? <laughs> oh, no, they're hideous. Oh, no, they're Look not. at these Look, things. they're not the ugliest hands I've ever seen. I was... They're no George Costanza hands. I was actually watching a clip of embarrassing bodies yesterday with really ugly feet. So, at least your hands don't look like feet. No, not yet. But there's still so much more time to go. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. I have the immaculate hands of like yeah, a... Um... Of an office worker. Yeah. Your hands... I think we've had this conversation before that your hands sometimes freak me out because they're, they're so terrifying. Soft. Yeah, <laughs> Kristen hate my partner hates them because um, they're so soft. Memory. She doesn't hate them. That's a, that's a, hates a strong word. But. Yeah, memory foam fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so we, uh, we got we finally have our uh, special third guest because I, I upgraded my my um, my podcasting situation to this like nice little portable thing and it lets you play sounds. Listen to this shit. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm the only one that can hear it. I, yeah, yeah. I like we're that. all just looking at you really awkwardly. <laughs> I think in the future we'll have to get some um, some uh, headphones so you can all listen. Yes, if I had known to bring headphones, I certainly would. <laughs> Sorry, it was it was an afterthought on my part. It's it's absolutely my fault. I'm part of the so. COVID, I think he's still recovering. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I got that COVID brain. That's right. So this week uh, we watched a movie called Vampire's Kiss, 1988. Not, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm not sure why I was so shocked that you got that right. Yeah. Well done either no, way. Thank you very much. The year of my birth, a sensational year. Yeah. If that doesn't say something, I don't know what does. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, I was going to say that's why I'm so demented, but it's got no bearing on it. I never saw it until last night. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Uh, but Nicolas Cage playing a, um, an unhinged literary agent. This is Nicolas Cage and his element. Oh, in yeah. my opinion, this is like peak Nicolas Cage. Um, this is apparently also his favorite role. Yeah. According to the man himself. Yeah. Like this is like this like sort of like confirmed that it was the right thing to do to get into acting, which I am just sort of thrilled by because I've always suspected it, that he was like a lunatic. But this is just like. It's great news. Yeah. No matter how you slice it. Yeah. I love Nicolas Cage as well. I should put that out there in case he's listening. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It truly cemented every feeling I'd ever had about Nicolas Cage. Put it that way. He, yeah. He's just... Um, yeah, it's funny because I'd never thought of it until... Uh, I don't know. Like, um, probably like 2010 onwards. Like, but to me as a kid, he was just like a normal actor. I didn't know crazy at yeah, that point. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? 
That's a yeah. good point. I guess maybe because I saw him in like Con Air and stuff, and we're like, yeah, cool, whatever. Yeah, well, I feel like the like the Nick Cage starter kit is Con Air um, face off, and then you you know you start sort of delving into his like back catalog when you see like Snake Eyes, yeah, starring old Gary Sinise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to him? Uh, who's to say? Do you I'm sure the internet can tell you that. I have no fucking idea. Oh, man. He's yeah. been rubbed out by Matt Hopkins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not important to me. <laughs> Do you remember that year that we went to Splendor, Matt, and they had the giant blow-up Nicolas Cage there? Oh, or- yeah. You don't forget a thing like no, that. No. Well, that was, from, that was from this film. The face oh, yeah, that totally. he's pulling in that giant blow-up version yeah. of him is the... F- is this film. Which is quite a, uh, pro- a prolific meme, that face. Yeah. Where he's like... Um, it's like the O'Reilly face, like tell but me more. But he doesn't more say that, which no, is he interesting. Does, he doesn't no. say that yeah. at all. I, I think that's like, yeah, it's actually kind of funny because that was also my first exposure to this film for like the longest time. It was always just like that elusive, like meme. I had no idea where it was from, but I knew it was Nicolas Cage, obviously. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I can't remember. It wasn't that long ago, but yeah, I finally saw this movie and saw that happen in the movie, and I lost my mind. More so because, like, yeah, like we said, he didn't actually say, "Oh, really?" Yeah. I, yeah. f- I can't believe the internet lied to me for yeah, a start. That fucking, that fucking internet, man. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. One of, one of my favorite videos on the internet is, I think I sent it to you guys last night. It's um, a compilation of, I think it's just called Nicolas Cage losing his shit. Yeah. And the first like five clips in it are from this film, which I had never seen until last night. And now it all makes much more sense. <laughs> and oh, man. makes me enjoy it even more. It's just breakdown after breakdown. I it's- mean, it makes sense when you um, kind of understand the context of the movie, but... Oh, what a ride! Yeah, it was a it was an experience. That's for sure. I'm not sure that I've recovered entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Nor will we. No, <laughs> I, I certainly think this is a sort of movie that benefits from a bit of like required reading, but it's definitely enjoyable either way. Because if you don't know anything about like the behind the scenes of this film, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. But even if you do know like the sort of like how this movie got made and all the stuff behind it, it's still batshit crazy. Like it's just like all this horrible, weird shit was happening off camera and someone just like then put that on camera Yeah, <laughs> through this abstract lens of like, you know, meltdown Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I'm just thankful that I made you guys watch Moonstruck a couple of weeks ago because we thought that was weird and yeah. who knew what we were in for. <laughs> yeah, that was the wildest Nicolas Cage movie I'd seen yeah, up same. until last night and now I've just, I don't know what I know anymore. No. <laughs> I'm excited. No. I'm excited again to like, uh, sort of plug another Nicolas Cage movie to you guys because it was my idea to put you through this experience. It was. Of, of uh, Vampire's Kiss. But the thing, like one of the, the things about Vampire's Kiss, which I think is noteworthy, is Nicolas Cage's bizarre accent. Like oh, that weird, yes. yuppie slash American speaking British. Yeah, like there was, there actually is a reason out there for it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if either of you two have seen um, Color from Outer Space or Color Outer Space. No, no, it's been on my list though. Apparently it's quite good. Yeah. I, think I, so I was like, Surprisingly good. Yeah, uh, it sounds terrible to say that, but like, because I just like I heard like H.P. Lovecraft story starring Nicolas Cage. I was like, this is going to be fucking insane. Like, this is going to be <laughs> the. I immediately got my hands on it and watched it. Um, I gotta say, like, it was actually like pretty good. Like, but also the reason I wanted to mention it is because at like some points throughout the movie, like Nicolas Cage peppers in that like weird, you know. British accent that he sort of does like yeah. in the movie where it's like I don't know a bit like very yeah. continental he sounds it's like Donald odd. Trump yeah yeah there are times where I'm like is that Donald Trump <laughs> why is he talking like that shoo shoo <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's where Donald Trump got the accent from 
He's Maybe. based his accent off of Nicolas Cage in this movie. It's a very bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> I had the best bats. <laughs> it's the worst deal we've ever had. <laughs> well, I, I guess for anyone who actually hasn't seen the film um, as well, I'll just give you a bit of a rundown. And I know normally after uh, we, we sort of do the synopsis, we, we usually sort of do like a, you know, a play-by-play of, of the movie and what happens and stuff. But I think given how fucking insane this is, I feel like there's a lot more talking points mm. about the film than there is to just describe the film. So I reckon it's better if we just sort of have a bit more of a freewheeling discussion. Yeah. If, if you guys are down with that, because I feel like, I don't know about you, I've got a lot of stuff I want to get off my chest about this movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, and, and I have I a agree. lot of feelings. I think, um, yeah, it, uh, we can cover the main beats plot beats of the movie yeah uh and then just yeah ex- say what they mean to us <laughs> which you know uh well there's definitely a few few sort of quotes and uh th- and things from a few articles i found which i think is particularly amusing mm-hmm. and also just like perfectly in like on par with like the the mayhem that is this film mm. um but if anyone is yet to experience vampire's kiss um run know, <laughs> yeah, run like lock the doors, like call in sick to work the next day, and uh, and get set for yeah, Nicolas Cage. But basically, it's it's the life of a white collar um, New Yorker. Uh, I think he's a literary agent. Is yeah, that what we sort of came? yeah yeah. So uh, Peter Peter Lowe, played by Nicolas Cage, um, who seems to revolve solely around his life so- uh, seems to revolve solely around making as much money and sleeping with as many women as possible. Uh, after a typical night of scouring trendy bars for some action. Peter manages to take home sexy Rachel, played by Jennifer Beals, who uh, bites him on the neck while they're in bed. Uh, anyway, the next day, Peter is certain that he's now a vampire as a result. Uh, though no one shares this point of view, um, he hasn't changed physically at all. Um, he dons <laughs> fake fangs and begins stalking women. Now, that's a lot to just sort of take in for a start. And that's the official sort of synopsis of Google. Yeah. Um, I've got two sort of like reviews for a friend. One of them I found on, on Rolling Stone, which I feel like is like a, a just a good. I feel like this is just a good description of what the fuck this movie is. Sure, it's the bloodsuckers in this thriller may not have much bite, but here's a movie that can drain the life out of an audience in minutes. Oh, yeah, red hot. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think the best description was actually from uh, someone because you tweeted about this movie last night, Matt, while we yeah. were watching it. Yeah, and someone responded to it with. I feel like the best description of any film I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's excellent. so good. It's uh, the, the tweet was, I'm a big fan of any movie that makes me wonder if there's a gas leak in my apartment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that to me is like right on point. Sums yeah. it up perfectly. That's my, uh, my colleague, my work colleague, Chris. Very funny guy. I'll give him some applause. Thank you. Oh man! <laughs> like last last episode, we did like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and it was just like replete with us doing shit Arnie accents oh, the entire time. So I'm really now pleased. we've got robots to do it for us. Yeah, I'm pleased <laughs> that I wasn't here for the Arnie episode. Let me just tell you that much. Oh, <laughs> uh, you missed out. Sue me, dickhead. Now streaming. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah. So Peter Lowe. Um, so. Nicky Cage is is uh, basically just gallivanting out in the town. Um, he's out in a bar with a with a beautiful woman. You know they've had quite a bit to drink. At least Nick definitely has. He's just sort of like slumping around and and roaming the streets. Um, and on the way home, um, things start getting hot and heavy. Who baby? Yeah. Uh, do we have like what sound effects do we actually even have on this? Thing? <laughs> okay, all right, I don't feel like we need one that goes like Aruga. <laughs> <laughs> 
Aye, yeah. aye, aye. Uh, there's, there's like the rim shot. Oh. Oh. So that the... <laughs> I played that and then I said it. Like yes. Imita- yeah, anyway. This is going to sound insane, like, listening back to this. Yeah. Uh, there's one called Funky, which is Funky. very cool. Would you say it's appropriate for a love scene? <laughs> yes, I would. It, it can't be any less appropriate than the actual music they used in the love scene, which was incredibly unnerving, even potentially more so than the actual love scene itself, which was very uncomfortable and not something I would have liked to have been a part of. It was very what? aggressive, wasn't it? You, you, Laura, you pointed out one thing, actually, which um, was when they fall onto the couch at one point. Yeah, it kind of oh. looks like her leg gets jarred or something. It like it really hurt. And yeah. as, you know, it, he kind of like bends... She's got her legs over the arm of the couch and then he kind of falls on top of her and literally looks like he squashes her knee against like the hard arm of the couch, which to me isn't generally something I'd like to include in foreplay. But, you know, (laughs) this is just the beginning of a very strange turn of events. So you vanilla piece of shit. I know, I know. Don't kink shame me. Yeah. Oh my god, I just realised that Nick Cage is 100% a vampire in this movie <laughs> I was waiting for an Army Hammer reference <laughs> Why didn't oh, we man. think of that yesterday? Yeah, oh, oh, there it is That's a whole sequel gone oh, to complete damn it. waste Can I rewrite my sequel? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna yeah, we're going to do this episode again next yeah. week <laughs> oh, um, But anyway, so, so, so Peter Lowe um, uh, but I don't know why I said his full name Pete, Peter <laughs> Pete Pete Lowe <laughs> Um, First name basis, please. Pilo, yeah. Uh, Pete and, uh, and um, the woman. I, I'm afraid I've forgotten her name. I'm not even sure. Oh, she's the one that wears the visor with the hair out the top, right? I believe, yeah, uh, it is uh, Jackie. Jackie the visor <sighs> yes. lady. Jackie the visor lady. Who, mind you, is, is lovely. I feel uh, it, bad for Jackie in this movie. Yeah, she's she's really, like, mistreated by by Peter. But um, yeah. Dodge I, the bullet. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. There are yeah. worse people to be in this yeah. movie, mainly, mainly Nicholas <laughs> that's, Cage. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- so they're you know so they're about to like move to the bed and things like that. Uh, they're getting naked. Uh, well, sorry, Jackie gets naked real fast. Yeah. Nick Cage is like wearing some sort of full body chastity belt. Like he takes forever <laughs> to get his clothes off, he and does. he's also like stumbling drunk and like like some sort of like uh, you know puppet or something like that. He's just sort of. Real clumsy. But it looks like someone that's never been drunk, like it's someone who has never been drunk before being told to act I, as yeah. if they are really drunk and yeah, like throwing totally. their shoes across the room. And oh, the jacket as well? The jacket, yeah. 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 Very aggressive. All he very rips aggressive. off his like last three buttons or something as well. Yeah. yeah. but um, Over the top. They make it to the bed and, um, and prior to them walking into uh, Peter's apartment, there's just a small child on the stairs who's just like watching... People as they come in and the out of the building. The small child should be in bed. Should yeah. be in bed. Yeah. He's a fucking pervert. He should be locked yeah, up. Yeah, he's, he's got a, creepy eyes. I don't like him at all. He's yeah. a peeping tom. But uh, so he's just sort of out in the hallway, just like waiting for like things to look at. Anyway, uh, all <laughs> what of a sudden, a treat he was in for. Oh, oh, yeah, all of a sudden, a bat <laughs> enters the room while Peter and Jackie are trying to make passionate love. Um, to which they like over the top lose their mind. Like yeah. they are. So insanely shocked at like that there's a bat in the place. It's like there's a murderer is just like yeah, come through the window. Leapt through the window. Um so Jackie just like picks up her clothes, but she's like totally naked. She just picks up her clothes and just runs out the door and just shuts the door behind her. And then he's like laugh laughing. crying while this small child looks at this like <laughs> naked woman like having some sort of like breakdown. 
and she just I think tries to like calmly explain that there was like a bat or something inside. Like that's <laughs> that's what the kid was concerned about. That's probably that poor kid's sexual awakening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, but I, look, I was confused as well. But um, at this point, uh, Peter is inside to to uh, to try to get rid of the bat, which. Is basically just him like pulling at the curtains while saying "shoo, shoo, shoo." I would say him getting rid of the bat was not that successful. There was I, in that article you sent last night, Laura, about it's like forty-seven things you didn't know about yeah. um, vampires' kiss, and one of them was that apparently Nick Cage wanted to use a real bat. Yes, <laughs> I did see and that. they were like, "No, we're not." We're not doing that. Yeah, apparently they try to explain to him that like real bats have rabies and you can't train them. And yeah. they even got like someone from the zoo on the phone to like explain this to him. And he was just like, <laughs> just didn't care. Like he just went, was full like diva uh-huh. actor. Yeah, because this was back when he was like a real like method actor. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call it? The theory. He had a theory that he gave it. A, it was it had a funny name. I'll oh, Google really? it while you guys are talking. Yeah, I must know this. But um, I, I also came across. Um, a great article on Medium of someone who uh, is was basically just breaking down a bunch of Nick Cage films and uh, obviously did uh, Vampire's Kiss because what a classic. And uh, mind you, I have just done a cursory look, but there's obviously some sort of like um, criteria that he looks for for each in each of these Nicolas Cage films. Some of the categories, which I'll just quickly read through, uh, are shirtless, shaving, Cage scream, <laughs> over, overacting, Underacting, weird dialogue, so on and so forth. But <laughs> forget uh, bad. Give me cage scream. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but under underacting, um, he specifically points out Nicholas Cage does his weird hairbrush thing after he chases the bat out of his apartment. Oh, that's my favorite yeah. part Which of the whole movie. I think I did forget until I read that, and I was like, oh yeah, it was fucking weird. Yeah. It was a real vanity moment. It was, yeah, yeah. It was really odd. And also, um, if you haven't seen this movie, Nicholas Cage's hair has two states. It's like, <laughs> it's professional literary agent, businessman haircut, and then it's Javier Bardem from old con- no, no Country for Old Men. Yeah. Like, it just sort of... The bob. Yeah, it just sort of snaps between these two states. Meets Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. That's in right. In the yeah. 90s. Like, the, the cheekbone length bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fully. Um, I found the description of, the, of his own method of acting that he has coined in three separate ways... Novu Shamanic. Um, in wow. other interviews, he defined his acting style as German Expressionism oh. or Western Kabuki. So if anybody could shed some light on what any of those things are, I'd be really <laughs> grateful because I have no idea. <laughs> oh, man. i got to read that article. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, He's also a jazz musician. Nick Cage. Apparently, according to know. this. I'm getting straight on Spotify after we finish this. Yeah, fucking it. Um, so mind you, this is like the first scene. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Um, the bat, I believe, eventually fucks off or he's not quite sure. And Anyway, they just bail. They just like run off in the street where they pass the oh. mimes. Oh, the mimes. Yeah. That was so Oh, weird. was that that early on? Was it there was or was it later on? I thought that was later. No, I think it was that early on. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I was whole, on whole... a real roller coaster from the, <laughs> yeah. from the like the absolute from the opening credits. Really, that so... whole movie felt like it went for years. Yeah. To be fair, I think yeah. the mimes were that early on. Yeah, that because was strange. It, it was a very and because that's it as well. Like you see them in like two scenes, and then like they're never to be seen again. And they don't really have any purpose. Nope. Like everyone just sort of acts around them. Yeah. Actually, that's right. There's on. a there's a quote from the director in that article. The same article. 
that was like it, it talked about when he saw the mimes again or when he when they brought up the mime he goes I, I don't even know what I was thinking like, I, have no, I have no fucking clue I can't remember and I don't know why I did it yeah. which is very funny to me uh, yeah, well I'm, I'm all for it I feel like anything goes in this film um, also but- when they leave when they yeah. go sorry when they were walking out to, like I guess they're going to her house and they're walking down the steps, like the outside steps of his apartment into a taxi. And he's laughing like a fucking maniac. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, the cackle. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing like a... Ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the big cage cackle. But yeah, they, they they basically just sort of run off into the night, I guess. And um, uh, poor Jackie is basically just the, like the, the subject of um, Peter sort of like slowly deteriorating. So his mental health is definitely in like a questionable state. He's he's seeing a um a psychiatrist, um and through these conversations with the psychiatrist, we sort of see that not only is his mental health sort of declining, but also just like how I guess like meticulous and like like I don't know he's just really sort of strict and and sort of crazy. Anal retentive. Yeah, yeah. That's a good that's a good term for it. That's a great that's a great way to put it. Um, but yeah, so we sort of get uh, we sort of get to d- like delve into the mind of, of Peter Lowe, um, and it's frankly pretty concerning, uh, particularly <laughs> as it goes on, because even the psychiatrist is like, "What the fuck? Like you're a bit over the top." Um, and in one particular like monologue, we have Nicolas Cage screaming the alphabet <laughs> because <laughs> someone misfiled um, a contract for Der Spiegel. Uh, which is like one of the subplots of the film with his yeah. long-suffering assistant, uh, Alva. Poor, poor Alva. Poor, poor Alva. Poor, poor Alva. <laughs> um, but we, we will get to Alva shortly. But um, after uh, poor Jackie is, is uh, stood up um, by Peter, after he literally, they go to an art uh, gallery and he just like leaves. Yeah, he just takes he off. He says, I've got to take a piss. And then he just... <laughs> Gets in the cab and goes away. <laughs> but he goes up the stairs in that really, really strange fashion, like with his whole body still, <laughs> yeah. and then, like just bobs his head back and forth as I, he creeps up the stairs. I think it was that cast iron jacket that he wears and wears the entire film. <laughs> oh my god! Don't even get me started on how badly fitting the suits were. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so good. Yeah, but then they um they show Nick. Uh, was it Peter lying on the on his lounge in his apartment mm. and he's just got the most spaced out look on his face <laughs> oh yeah and then um, so the yeah she calls and leaves a message on the answering machine which plays out loud to him as the camera is just like deadpan like slowly <laughs> painting out on his fucking expressionless face and then as soon as <laughs> as soon as the, the the recording ends he goes well fuck you too sister yeah <laughs> But oh, he's man. entirely in the wrong in that situation. Like, he's just stood her up in an art gallery. Oh, completely. Completely oh. unfair of him to respond that way. 100%, yeah. But that doesn't stop him, I'll tell you what, because he's <laughs> straight back out to the clubs that night. Uh, and this is where we, we meet Rachel, played by Jennifer Beals, at a nightclub. Um, and, uh, you know, Ever the horn dog, he takes her home as well. Classic. They engage in ravenous lovemaking again. <laughs> Uh, but things take a, a sort of a bit of a darker turn this time. She pins him down and reveals like some vampire fangs and bites him on the neck. And he sort of, you know, starts, I don't know, having some sort of weird reaction. It's sort of like He's that in-between on. space of like ecstasy and pain. And it, I, well, I think it's mostly because it's coming from Nicolas Cage. I think that's <laughs> where it's like, what's yeah. going on here? Um, but yeah, so he gets bitten by this vampire uh, the next morning, he makes her uh, a cup of tea. 
extremely jovial and then hands a cup of tea to an empty bed. <laughs> and he's talking yeah. to this, to Rachel, but she's like, there's no one there. After he shaves and then thinks he's cut himself, but it's yeah, like where she right. bit him. Yeah, that's right. He nicks himself yeah. uh, conveniently in the same space that he was allegedly bitten. And so he then sports a band-aid for the rest of this film. <laughs> that's kind of like a bit of a, all right, like we, we think we know where things are going to go from here. Yeah, he's not well. <laughs> no, no way good. Basically, things for Peter after at this point start to like decline both professionally and also just personally because he's convinced that he's slowly turning into a vampire. But also, poor Alva, his long-suffering assistant we mentioned before, um, he's just fucking horrible to her for seemingly no real reason. He's so awful to Alva. Am I getting through to you, Alva? <laughs> Great, yes. He, but he's just like, but yeah. Not only is he is he awful, he's fucking crazy. Oh yeah, like he's, he's off his rocker, and yeah. she just cops it for most of the film. Like besides, I don't want to bit later on, a bit yeah. later on. But yeah. you know, for the most part, she just cops it. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. So what he's done is he's tasked her with finding this contract uh, for Der Spiegel for their client Frank. And he explicitly goes on a bit of a, a, a speech about how um, not only does she have to like do this, but he makes sure that she knows how much of a bottom-feeding, horrible, miserable, shitty job this is mm. that he wouldn't dare give to anyone else because she's the lowest on the food chain. And bl- like he really embellishes, he really goes into it and makes her just uh, feel awful. Um, so that's kind of fucked up. But it also involves poor Alva having to go through like like hundreds and hundreds of contracts to try to find this one particular thing. Which the was... contract's from like 1965 or something. Like it's a, it's an old contract. Yeah, yeah. And the file for this particular client is also like enormous, mm. as you would imagine, because it goes back like 20, 30 years or something like that. So she's unfortunately tasked with this, but is never able to quite meet Peter's expectations. So basically after every day of work, she's like chastised by him. Um, sometimes verbally... <laughs> Sometimes is like literally chased down the halls of this workplace into the women's bathroom. Yeah. Where a particularly odd scene happens. Oh my God, it's so weird. There's that old woman in there. Who, She's my favorite character yeah, in the whole movie. But she behaves like a video game NPC where she reacts correctly to what's going on, like contextually speaking, but also just continues going about her own business. Yeah. Yep. So she just walks out of the stall and goes, what the fuck is going on? But then just walks out. <laughs> to be fair, that's how I feel about the entire film. Yeah. Like yeah, she, yeah. she really yeah. sums it up for me. 100%. I asked what the fuck is going on probably about 10 times yeah. last night. I'm so glad you guys mentioned that. I cuz I've seen this film before and so I and I specifically requested that I be in the room when Matt watches it and 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 obviously Laura as well. So I knew what was going to happen. So while you guys were watching it, I took a tally of certain things oh, that were no. said <laughs> throughout this film. <laughs> <laughs> Because I thought that would be very funny. This is a surprise. This is... Mm. We've, been, we've been bamboozled. You underestimate my sneakiness. I, um, <laughs> very, very sneaky, sir. I had a couple of categories. Surprisingly, only one remark about, like, why the fuck is he talking like that? Which I, was kind of, <laughs> I, I thought that was pretty conservative. At three occasions, was there an exclamation of, like, what? Or like, <laughs> wait, what? Like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Uh, what do we got? After? Oh, five holy shits. Yeah, okay. Yep. Good. Uh, six oh my gods, <laughs> six what the fucks or a variation thereof, and eight 
times to there was a, an ex- exclamation of confusion something to the effect of like what is going on I feel <laughs> what like, is happening i feel like like the majority of those were probably from me <laughs> <laughs> at one point not only did both of you uh, say it at the same time, also Kristen, who was here with us as well, who was leaving to go watch something else on another TV. Everyone just at the same time just went like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and so I think I've- Kristen potentially came out of the other room at one point to go, what the fuck is going on in here? Because yeah. all she could hear was us making various like shrieking noises. We were yeah. hooting and hollering. We really were. We were howling. Yeah, it's some wild stuff. It's a, it's a ride, man. If you haven't seen this movie, fucking... Do yourself a favour. Yeah. It's, it's, um, get sober and watch it totally <laughs> clean. Because yeah, you can't <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. this. You have, to be, you have to be stone cold sober just to really get the gravity of it, I think. Yeah. But back to the, the bathroom scene. Uh, this is also one of the scenes where we uh, establish a few things. So we've established that Peter is sort of on the brink of like actually committing violence against Alba. Mm-hmm. So there's like a literal, uh, and, you know, very real threat there that he poses to her safety. Um, we also established that Alva has a gun uh, oh, that she yes. keeps in her purse or on her person. Person? I see, I see what I did there. Um, That's where you should have used the. Yeah, give me a. Uh, give me, sorry, yeah, hang give on, me some wait. funk or something. <laughs> I gave you the rim shot. Hey, there mm. we go. Could you stop calling it a rim shot? That's that makes, what it's called. Feel quite uncomfortable. It's actually just called rim. On oh. The, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I don't, I don't I'm glad pro- that you decided to use your creative license to add shot after it. <laughs> I don't... Um, no, that's what it's traditionally called, a rim okay. shot. But my, this obviously apologies. just shortens it to rim. Rim. Look, I don't program the Zoom PodTrack P4. Um, <laughs> the, the good people not at Zoom ad. do. No, this is not sponsored. <laughs> if only it was. I will fucking take a sponsorship. Zoom, if you're listening, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll happily... Accept your money. <laughs> we'll edit this. There'd be like a big beep over that no- over that name until they contact us. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. call. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so the the, the bathroom scene happens. Um, we've established this horrible relationship between the two, um, and Alva's very real uh, sort of uh, concern for her own safety, and basically that that relationship just continues to deteriorate along with Peter's mental state because every day it seems that she's being harassed and potentially like chased through the office. By, by her boss. At the same time, Peter is uh, more and more convinced that he's a, becoming a vampire. And every now and then, Rachel the vampire will appear uh, in his house. Uninvited. Uninvited yeah. to sort of feed on, on him. Um, and he just sort of has like this like slavish sort of devotion. Like as soon as she appears, he's just like, he's, doesn't, he's not in control. He's yeah. just whatever she wants to do, they do it. And uh, he eventually gets to a point where he starts really acting out. So, uh, one particular scene, which I, I definitely wanted to talk about, was the cockroach oh, yeah. scene. Oh, gosh. Mm. So, apparently, uh, in the script, it called for him to do something weird, which was <laughs> to just, like, eat a raw egg, like, suck an egg out of the <laughs> shell. and just Crazy. already weird. <laughs> Wild, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, Nicolas Cage... Uh, and his Western Kabuki uh, technique uh, decided <laughs> that that wasn't like weird enough for the character. He wanted to do something more extreme, and he said, "I I don't like like um, cockroaches. I'm sort of like a bit they're a bit icky, and I can totally like relate to that. I mm. get that like creepy crawlies. Blah. We live in the inner west. It's quite a yeah yeah oh, yeah. We all we all share room with cockroaches, but um." Yeah, he decided that, no, okay, like, the cat Peter needs to eat a cockroach. Of course. And they said, all right, we can set that up. And he's like, no, I need to actually eat a cockroach. 
And they were like, well, no, you can't do that. Like, it's just going to be too much of a hassle. And he's like, nope, like eating a cockroach. I mean, that's what I'm doing. So <laughs> the story goes that whoever had to, whoever was in charge of that part of the thing had to call a doctor and just be like, hey, God, he wants to eat a cockroach. Can he do that? Or like, will imagine he be being sick? being in charge of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Cage wants to eat a cockroach. <laughs> Can you call a doctor? And, and which they did. They called a doctor and said, like, can he eat a cockroach or like, you know, is, is it going to die? And apparently the response from the doctor was something to the effect of like, look, he'll be fine. Just have him drink a shot of whiskey afterwards and Perfect. it should help to kill any germs that he like ingests. Which, like, I'm not sure. Like, is that real medical advice? But whatever. I thought that was. That it was, was the 80s, funny. baby. Who cares? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you do enough cocaine, you can survive anything. <laughs> Um, but also, they apparently they so they took one take of that, and then they said, All right, "Let's get another take," and then they just used the first take anyway. Oh, really? So they, oh, made, so him they eat, made him eat. Two they made him eat the cockroach twice. He did twice. Worth. Yeah, which apparently they just sourced from like the basement of the building they were in. Oh, unreal! Yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It wasn't like a, a you know I don't know like a clean bread one or something like that. I don't know how that works, but like, <laughs> and they also had to lie about um, the safety of the cockroach. That like they just sort of stated like oh yeah like it was wasn't harmed or anything like that, but it very much was. It's inside uh, Nicholas Cage's yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, it passed it. through his body. Yeah, so that was that's pretty. I mean, that scene itself is already just a bit like yeah, and then you realize it was all real, and it's like oh, and then later on he eats a pigeon, which mind you, I haven't read about that, but I'm assuming that that is just that's all fine. That's not real. He didn't. Really yeah, eat a pigeon. well, I mean, you never really see the the pigeon's dead body. You just see its feathers strewn everywhere. I, have I don't a fun... think that would stop Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I have a fun fact about the pigeon scene. Oh, oh. I'd like to hear it. So, oh, actually, wait, I know you're gonna. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. So yeah. he was Nicolas Cage was really pleased with himself that he caught this pigeon because he's he's essentially in the street. This is when he's really going into his descent into a vampire. Um, kind of walking around like Nosferatu um, and he, he picks up this pigeon and like pops it under his coat and then runs off into the darkness with it. And he was apparently really pleased with himself that he was so good that he managed to like catch this pigeon and the director had to break it to him that they were all drugged and that's why <laughs> he could like easily go and get this pigeon. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't this like amazing pigeon whisperer who who was able to just kind of go up to a, like a New York City street pigeon and just like grab it and pop it under his jacket. Oh, which man. I imagine was probably quite disappointing for Nicolas Cage. I feel like so good. The person assigned with the the cockroach duty yeah. probably had to break that news to him as yeah. well. They could probably hear they literally hear the glass shattering in his ego. <laughs> oh, man. How do you get a job uh, drugging pigeons on a movie set? Pigeon yeah. wrangler. <laughs> pigeon wrangler number one. I wonder if they're pigeons from um, like a, a farm or a ranch or something. Like Maybe it's it's uh, it's Kirk from Metallica. Does he have pigeons? Oh, he Sorry, has a I ranch. yawned into the microphone. That was quite rude. <laughs> he's, got, he's got 50% of the criteria covered. He's got yeah. a ranch. Excellent. That's what I reckon yeah. he'd be friends with Nicolas Cage. Kirk yeah. I don't know. I feel like they're, they're both kind of weird. Imagine the conversations. I'd picture more of uh, like Lars Ulrich. I'd be more. Yeah. yeah. Well, Nicolas Cage is friends with Vince Neil from Motley Crue. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Somebody told me, I thought, was it maybe you, Trinko? Maybe it wasn't. Somebody told me that there's footage of, I haven't seen it myself, but there's footage of Vince Neil getting into a fight on the street in Las Vegas um, that like somebody from the crowd is just is just filming on their, on their iPhone. And Nicolas Cage just like appears out of nowhere in this really ostentatious suit, and he's kind of like, "Hey guys, like, break up the fight!" And then him and Vince Neil like go off into the into the evening. They've just been on a bender together. 
I like to think that Nicolas Cage appeared on the scene and just went, shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Oh, man. Um, I bet they did a lot of blow together. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> that's besides the point. <laughs> absolutely. He was method acting. <laughs> uh, I, I forget where we, where we left off there, but... Um, cockroaches. Cockroaches. I can't remember specifically what happens after that, but at some point as well, um, we've also got... Um, I found the video of Vince <clears throat> Neil and Nick Cage in a fight. Oh, there's a video? There's a video. Oh, amazing. Oh, right. um, send it to me and I'll post it on the um, group. Yes, great. Oh, are they getting into a fight with each other? Nicholas Cage and Vince Neil. And I'll, um, I'll post it to... I, I created a Twitter... <laughs> account as well <laughs> sorry 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 i got distracted that's right i think I've, I've i've found a talking point we can we can discuss here we go um so uh one of the other the other scenes of note i think is when um the violence finally escalates with peter and and alva and he chases her down to the basement of the building that they're in because I think it's actually after she actually does find the contract and he is like, it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. And he's just been, Nicholas Cage has just been, it's late at night. Everyone's gone home. He's Rachel's just been, just been to visit him. That's right. Yeah. She was in there. Um, so he's in like weird, like vampire mode. And he just, even though she's found this, this contract, he's like, nope, too late. And he chases her down to the basement where she uh, pulls out her gun finally which she's um, had loaded with blanks that she got from her brother, Emilio. Emilio, <laughs> who's kind of hot. Hot Emilio. Yeah, yeah. the mechanic. Hot Emilio the mechanic, yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, she you know, she pulls a gun on him. But but Peter is so convinced that he's a vampire, he also assumes <laughs> that he's like in- invincible, like he's immortal, like it doesn't matter. He can sh- get shot if he wants to and it's not going to be a problem. So sh- he tries to like egg her on to shoot him. Um, but she's freaking out and she just like shoots at the ground and stuff. And eventually he like pins her down to the ground. I think he hits her or something like that. And, it's like, it's actually her. quite confronting, I have to say. It, it's Yeah, particularly given that it's sort of got like a weird comedy horror sort of yeah. vibe. And this like kind of aggressive like sexual assault scene yeah. happens. Uh, and I think she gets knocked unconscious. Um, and he sort of, I, I don't know, he's, he's not like, is he like kissing her neck or like, Trying like trying to bite her, maybe I don't know. It's, it's really all quite weird. uncomfortable. It's yeah. very awkward. Um, and it culminates with him picking up the gun, putting it in his mouth, and firing two shots into his mouth. But they're blanks, which he doesn't realize. But he's convinced this is like, you know, this is proof. He's a vampire. It's like he the final piece of evidence that he needs. Yeah. really. It's the it's the thing that pushes him over the edge, and he's just like, I am a vampire, and I can't be good. And I think is this the scene? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's immediately after this that we cut to a scene of him just running down the street, just going, "I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire!" <laughs> it's incredible gear. It is. It's amazing. That is the best scene in the entire movie, in I, my opinion. Those the scenes run? on the street, yeah, the hands, the hands flailing. flying. I really do like to think that, like those, they probably weren't, but I like to think that those were just like open set shoots like people oh no they were i oh, have something on yeah. like that for yeah. later yeah yeah there's a um a quote from the director i think and he was like they specifically want like they filmed those from shots a from a distance mm. so that yeah the people in them that didn't know but apparently they just ignored him so like yeah, i mean he did a pretty good job of um playing you know the raving lunatic that you see Wandering down the street. Yeah, well, I mean, how like was Nicholas Cage a, a household name by this point? Probably. He was twenty three. About this. He was very young. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. So if, if even if people did know that it was Nicholas Cage, 
I gotta say, like, if I just saw someone, if you just watched Moonstruck, if you, you might, yeah. <laughs> you might right. think that he'd actually lost his mind. If you left the theater from Moonstruck and then saw someone going, "I'm a vampire, I'm a vampire," <laughs> you might have Nicolas Cage on your hands. Um, but yeah, I, I guess if, it, if someone is acting weird in the street, like, I guess it's pretty natural for people to just like not pay attention to that in case they get they you know drawn into it or something like well, that. Well, I, I yeah. think I said to you guys, I was like, it it reminds me, it, it could be parts of Sydney, like sort yeah. of around where I work. Like I haven't seen, I have seen a, a person eating a dead pigeon in, in Surrey Hills. Yes. Normal. A few years ago. Jeez. But like the way that he behaves in some of those scenes, it, it probably isn't that uncommon, particularly in New York, I imagine for people, yeah. you know, to actually be in a state like that. True. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess the obvious thing to do would be to ignore them. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I guess it was like a, a yeah fertile ground for, yeah. <laughs> for method acting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, so, and uh, just to, to play on a point that you mentioned earlier as well, uh, Loz, so um, we've sort of established that Peter Niali is con- like convinced that he's a vampire. Uh, there is also a scene where he, they are watching Nosferatu. Yes. Um, and this is uh, around the time when he decides to finally go buy some fangs because he he's noticed that he hasn't actually grown any himself. His own, yeah. Um, there is a very funny scene where he's in the office <laughs> bathroom and he's convinced that he can't see his own reflection. Which is clearly in front of him. Which you can very easily see in two mirrors and the young man taking a dump uh, informs him to get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so all these sort of things come together and we start to see like the model of the mental model that that Peter has created in his, you know in his own mind of like who I am as a vampire my my vampire identity so the final piece of the puzzle is to buy a, um some fake some plastic <laughs> fucking vampire teeth you can't afford the fiberglass one yeah cuz they were like yeah. hella expensive yeah. or something like that even though he gives off this impression of being quite yeah. affluent but uh anyway he he puts in these fucking <laughs> teeth and then goes makes a phone call to his uh, psychiatrist <laughs> and just keeps them in during the call yeah <laughs> Say cheapies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the guy offers him the cheaper the teeth, and he just grabs him and just says cheapies. <laughs> so like, just cheapies. really weird like that. <laughs> and they're too big for his mouth. Oh, it's, it's all. It's, it, it's yeah, awful. It's the same fit as his suit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> those suits really bother me. And Paul Smith did the suits. A little fashion tip there. Yeah. Oh, um, and apparently, it was to make. The film looked timeless, which I don't know <laughs> what gave them the perception that the film was going to look timeless at any point, <laughs> and that the suits might, you know, help that fact. But Paul Smith maybe needed to work on the tailoring a little bit, in my opinion. I think so. maybe that's why they added the teeth to Perhaps, take the attention away. To take yeah. atten- the it's attention a, away. It's a very clearly time-stamped movie. <laughs> yeah. it of I think 80s, I said man. at one point, this is the most '80s movie I have yeah. ever seen. Like There's all the perms dance everywhere. scenes and the fashion. Yeah. One thing that I re- that really stands out to me in a lot of films uh, set in New York is the absence of the twin. Is, oh, sorry, is the presence of twin towers. Oh, yeah, I didn't even yeah. think of that. Yeah, because I mean, so many sh- uh, films uh, have like the New York skyline, skyline. right? And it always there's all because like um, I've been rewatching Friends, mm-hmm. and it's shocking the amount of times that they show the twin towers. Like it is like another Sex character. Sex in the City as well in the um, opening credits. It used to be right there, and then oh. I think they removed it. Yeah, oh right, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So yeah, so no suit was going to save that. No, like it's always going to have like a. It was always going to have like a timestamp of like this happened. 
prior to a certain yeah. period of, of, in history, yeah. And if if that didn't give it away, Alva's shoulder pads in all of her <laughs> outfits. Oh man, she needed did. to cool it with those shoulder pads. She's rocking some Steve Menzies esque shoulder pads. Some like. really, really <laughs> excessive shoulder pads. And I like a shoulder pad, but that was even too much for me. Yeah, they're they're pretty full on. I, there was the one where she she's on the train. For some reason, that oh, really yeah. got my attention. I, think I was she's like, sitting down. It's they like... were platforms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's now. So Peter's now in full vampire <laughs> mode. Uh, Alva's been attacked. She eventually like regains consciousness, uh, mind you, and and um, is you know sort of sees the state of her. You know, her clothes have been ripped open. So she sort of you know gets the impression that Peter sexually assaulted her. She's obviously very upset. Goes home. Eventually tells her her brother Emilio. But in the meantime, Peter is now. Walking around the streets of New York, uh, like Nosferatu, <laughs> eyebrows on like another level. He's like just he moaning as well. <laughs> it's happening. The cackle's happening. The best bit's just that long shot of him walking around holding a plank of wood, just going, oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> fucking unreal. No, for me, it's him in the club where he's walking through the crowd and he's just, oh, that it's just that of, close yeah. in on his face. And it's like, what is what is that face? <laughs> that, that face is the movie yeah. to me. Like, yeah. Because he, so after the, the, the teeth, he also, he's, he's fucked up his entire apartment. He's now sleeping in this weird makeshift coffin. <laughs> which is just his couch <laughs> it's turned a, upside down. Just upside down, yeah. Which, With his head sticking out the end. Yeah, because it's too short for him. Uh, and like a couple of books to prop it up so it doesn't crush him. And then he gets up at night time because he just sleeps during the day now because it's the sun is too bright. Uh, actually, with that, which just reminds me of another hilarious scene that happens after uh, this particular thing. But he goes to a, a nightclub with the teeth in, <laughs> pushes through the, the line out the front, punches the, the um, bouncer in the stomach and gets in. Mind you, extremely dangerous. That's exactly how Houdini died. Goes inside, <laughs> walks down like his shoulders just go immediately into like this hunched... So it's like someone's doing like an extreme parody of like Jake Gyllenhaal. Just the shoulders are always like just up. That's just I, I've always noticed that with Is Jake that Gyllenhaal. With Jake, I'm too busy looking at Jake Gyllenhaal's face to notice the shoulders. I'll look next time. I know. I, well, I, funnily enough, I was um, saying to friends the other day that I watched this movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I was like, not once did his shirt come off. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know why. You should For some watch reason... Love and Other Drugs. His shirt comes off in that. Ooh, okay. Yeah, great yep. movie. And Hathaway's in it too. Oh. I always tend- come off. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think does come off too. Oh, there I you always go. tend to spend too much time looking at his crotch. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I've um, just remembered that I've got to go home now. It's yeah. really nice. Uh, well, that one wasn't so fresh. Uh, my producer's telling me to just keep moving on now. <laughs> um, but so now we've got Nicholas Cage. Sorry, that was a lot of uh, topless talk there. And the Jake Gyllenhaal thing does have context, but let's save that for after, after we record. S- I digress. Um, no, no, that was my fault for even bringing it up. But um, uh, yeah, so we're now in a packed nightclub, which again, this is a timestamp right there um, with the music playing. And he approaches a single woman who's by herself in like one of the biggest rooms in this nightclub, just doing little bumps of cocaine. Alone. Um, alone. And uh, here comes Peter with plastic teeth sticking out of his mouth. And he, they sort of like, she sort of, they do this weird playful flirting thing where she just leans into the whole he's pretending to be a vampire and then he just attacks her like he actually sinks his teeth into her and like uh, eventually kills her like trying to like drink her blood yeah um, which you know basically makes Peter sick as well because he's not really a fucking vampire yeah 
But um, he has to take his teeth out. He does. That's right. He takes the teeth out to drink the blood, because and then he's real teeth. He's the, like dry the reaching the the cheapies. <laughs> I'm strong enough to pierce the skin. Cheapies. <laughs> uh, and it's at this point, while he's having this weird sort of like um, you know this reaction to drinking all that blood, that he sees Rachel again in the in the club. Um, and he's just sort of like really like lovesick for her and, and she's like, I don't love you, like you're pathetic and blah, blah, blah and just totally rejects him. And this is where Donald enters the scene. Oh, Donald. <laughs> uh, played by, I didn't realize this, uh, apparently a, a man whose name is John Walker, but was I think he was credited as Johnny Walker, which oh. I think is very funny. And he looks like <laughs> a Donald. Yeah, he's dry. I feel like maybe that's just something that happens when you have a child. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck, we were going to call him like, you know, Rufus or something. But no, he's clearly a Donald. Clearly yeah. a Donald. Yeah. When you know, you know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The child tells you. <laughs> um, so anyway, he's killed this person. Rachel's now like, you know, berating him. She's with another man and moved on. So he's like heartbroken. He then chases off. Uh, they, they leave to go dance and he chases chases them and then comes across them again. But it's... It's not the same. Like it's actually she them. Recognize him. Yeah, they don't. It's like they've never met before, and and we sort of realize it now. Like all these times we met Rachel, it was just some sort of like uh, it was all in his head. Um, but Rachel is actually someone that he has met before, and they've dated previously. We get this impression that like they did date at one point, mm. and for whatever she's reason, she's not thrilled to see him. Yeah, she's not pumped about it. No, and I, I got to say, he is neither, covered is, in blood. neither is Donald either. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, yeah, I got actually. You're right. He is covered in blood. I feel like no one else. There's no attention paid to the blood. <laughs> like, yeah. Can I also just say on that, nobody in the fucking office does anything about the way that he treats Alva. Like that scene where he jumps on the table and he's screaming at her. There's an office full of people and no one does anything. Yeah. To be fair, that woman in the office does say he's so eccentric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was not what I expected no. to come out of her mouth. No. Then again, maybe it was, I mean, it was a different time. It wasn't much for HR back then, I guess. No, it was... Be a, but still, no excuse. I hope that wasn't horrible like, behavior. Horrible. I hope that wasn't like a representation of just like office life back in the eighties in New York, or something like that. Because I mean, it probably was, to be honest. Grim. Yeah, that's real grim. That is grim. That may, that really makes us dark. This yeah. Film. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a confrontation between Peter and and the real Rachel and the real Donald. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically they just have like a bit of a, a tiff, and uh, bounces drag him out because. He's convinced that she's turned him into a vampire and that she's a vampire and he's screaming this across the club. And uh, we all sort of realize that this whole facade has come crashing down and he gets tossed out into the street, rounds a corner and is met by the sun. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. Oh, man. No! (laughs) I've had that moment. It was the best. Um, He then rips off a piece of wood from a crate, which is sort of like an enormous steak. And then just, yeah, this is that scene, Matt, you were saying, where he yeah. just walks around dragging the stake, just going, <laughs> It is one of the strangest noises I've ever heard come yeah. out of a human being. It's pretty distressing. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's That's when you, uh, you'd shown that he's well and truly lost it. Like he's having conversations with people who aren't he's, there. He is oh, in yeah. a, a true and deep psychosis. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Not, it's not pleasant. Yeah. And this is where like the final sort of, I guess, like twist is, is revealed that he goes to, um, he bumps into a wall and then starts having a conversation. And we realize that this is his psychiatrist. Yeah. Who also doesn't exist. Yep. And he's just been having therapy sessions in his head on the street and we see this delusion like really culminate when the the therapy session ends with the therapist 
introducing uh, him to one of her other patients, who is this beautiful woman who they both have the exact same interests. And she just sort of forgives him for like all of his sins. Like the fact that he was like a vampire, but it's a long story. I turned into a vampire. It's a long story. And also, oh, I also killed someone the other day and raped a woman. And it was just like, and they're just like, oh, it's fine. It's a, you know, go on and be cute. Be, be a couple. They walk down the street. Well, when I say they, it's actually just Nicolas Cage by himself having a conversation with no one. Um, by the time they get back to his apartment, they're having a screaming match. Yeah, yeah he's not happy. It immediately breaks up. Um, but Emilio and Alva have shown up at his place as well because Emilio wants to exact revenge. Yeah. Um, because uh, Alva's confided what happened. So he breaks into the place with a tire iron. Um, lifts up the makeshift coffin <laughs> to which I gotta say Peter is pretty cool about the whole situation. He's just like, Oh, you're here. Like Yeah. And just, took you so long. and just lifts up the stake onto his chest and Emilio just plunges it into his chest and kills him. We think. Run credits. Roll credits. Sorry, we think, yeah. We suspect mm. that he is now dead. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> yeah. So it's a real it's a real time. It's a it's a real roller coaster. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's one. I, look, <laughs> reliving it now, I feel just as confused as I did yesterday. Yeah. I spent the entire car ride home basically in silence, trying to mull over <laughs> what was going on. Yeah, look, it's it's a um, it's a time. Uh, yeah, I really don't, I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> I I just have something I want to share. I found. I mean, there is as we we've all mentioned. There's a lot to sort of dig into with this movie. Not just the movie itself, but just like the making of and, and all the things that happened during the filming and, and the backstory, blah, blah, blah. There's a ton of stuff out there. And I, if you have seen it, I beg you to go out and, and find it and just read all the articles about it. But I just want to share this one thing that I thought was particularly in- interesting. Please. Um, I'm just going to read these two paragraphs. They're a bit out of context because it's, there's a lot... Uh, preceding this but this one particular snippet really caught my eye uh, another source of friction was Cage's dislike of Beals Jennifer Beals who was oh, Rachel who was Rachel yeah who'd been cast as the vampire woman a day before shooting um, he hated the idea of Jennifer says Shulman I'm not sure who that is um, he just didn't think she provided proper motivation creatively sexually in any way oh, Cage- so he wasn't attracted to her no, and Cage also wanted the role of, of Rachel uh, to go to his girlfriend at the time, which was uh, 19-year-old Patricia Arquette. Interesting. Oh, that what? was made for a very interesting... Holy yeah. shit. Which I also didn't know that they dated either. Yes, yeah. yeah, same. Wow. Um, but uh, apparently that request was refused. They got another young actress... Who, uh, an- sorry, another young actress got the part as well, but she dropped out uh, right before filming because her fiancé threatened to break up with her if she made love to Cage on screen. <laughs> Um, which I is think when that would be the least of her worries. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But this um, this was when um, Beale sort of took on the role, like literally the yeah. day before. Uh, Cage was apparently like really cold towards her, um, and people and you know Shulman, I'm assuming must have been one of the producers or someone else on set, had to make calls to Beale's agent to just sort of make excuse, be like, oh, he's just in character, like he's just being being like that for the role. Um, but apparently, Cage eventually warmed up to Beale's. But his methods remained bizarre. (laughs) And this is the part that I'm so excited about. Quote, To get turned on, Nick asked to have hot yogurt poured over his toes while he was doing a love scene with Jennifer. Over his toes? What the fuck? Nobody could comprehend why yogurt got caged aroused, (laughs) but the crew obliged. If you look at the shot, you don't see his feet. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god. That is very funny to me. Imagine. Why does he have to be aroused? He's an actor. Well, I guess he's a method actor. Uh, look, it's not even the... about that. I don't think it's about whether or not he wants to be aroused. If he wants to be aroused or not, and there's like a mutual like agreement, it's okay, and everyone's safe, go for it. Do whatever the fuck you want to I do. I don't know. But somebody explain the hot yogurt. Imagine a Nicolas Cage sex tape. Hot yogurt. <laughs> I'm such a cat. <laughs> I'm just picturing that, that scene from Community. Hot <laughs> yogurt is the name of my indie band. <laughs> I've got a big tub of Greek yogurt at home, and I'm I don't. I don't have a girlfriend, so I know what I'm going to try tonight. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's really good. Who's going to pour it on your feet? I look. I, I've been meeting my own needs by myself for long enough to know who, how to pour yogurt on my feet. Who are we to king shame Nicolas Cage? You know, that's right. Yeah, far be it from us to yuck his yum. <laughs> He just wants to get his fruit on. Yuck, he's yum. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> on that note. Yo, play. It's French for, am I getting through to you, <laughs> Alva? Oh, poor oh, Alva. Well I'm really concerned about Alva. I hope she was all right. <laughs> all right. Should, oh. we, um, should we do some sequels? Yeah, yeah but I'll... I'm not going first because mine's <laughs> terrible. Okay. I don't think anyone's going to have a good sequel to this, but yeah, I think that's no, also the beauty. I think that's yeah. the point. Mine's not great. Uh, maybe I'll start. go first? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, you go first. Oh, I, want, I want to hear yours. I kind of just want to get out of the way. I'm going to yeah, steal go, yours go. and I mean, repurpose it as my own. <laughs> you may regret that after you hear my idea for a sequel entitled Vampire's Kiss 2, Weekend at Peter's. <laughs> <laughs> Guess where I'm going with this? <laughs> oh, no. We open on the corpse of Peter Lowe. <laughs> Emilia, Emilia returns to the car, adrenaline pumping. He gets uh, he gets back in the car to Alva, asking what happened. He admits that he killed Peter. They have a moment. Emilio insists that he had to do it, but Alva knows that Peter's sudden disappearance will raise some eyebrows. They both go uh, back to Peter's room to survey the damage and think of a plan, when suddenly the phone rings. They wait for it to ring out. The answering machine picks it up. It's Frank from the Der Spiegel account. Oh, no. He's calling for an update on the contract. But he's very calm and cool about it, just like he was in the uh, first movie. Doesn't really care about it too much. He also invites Peter away for a weekend at the company retreat as his guest. Ooh. Ah. Uh, Emilio and Alva are in a bit of a blind here, but they come up with an idea. Cue a song by Huey Lewis and the News. Weekend at Peter's. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Emilio and Alva sitting on a plane. We pan out to see a dead Peter sitting next to them with shades on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> A steward rolls up with a food trolley and offers them drinks and a hot towel. Oliver awkwardly wipes Peter's lifeless face and lifts his hand, holding his scotch up to his mouth. She awkwardly and clumsily pours scotch in his mouth and spills some on his face. (laughs) Suddenly a scotch stain starts appearing on Peter's shirt. The scotch is leaking out of the wound where he was impaled. Oh no, that's unfortunate. (laughs) The three of them arrive at the airport and are met by a driver with a sign from Mr. Lowe. Amelia and Alva push a trolley with their luggage on it, as well as a slumped Peter on the luggage. They explain this away by saying he has jet lag. Uh, (laughs) They get in a limo and are taken to a beautiful beach resort, where they are given a pass to a room and told to come down to the beach after they've settled in to meet Frank and have a drink. So Amelia and uh, Alva realize they need to change Peter's clothes and shower him to make him smell better. Uh, After an awkward effort cleaning Peter in the bathroom and dressing him, they take him down to the beach dressed in a linen button-up shirt, some khaki shorts and sandals. Uh, they are met by Frank, who is dressed in a Hawaiian shirt, shorts, barefoot, and has a straw hat on. He's, uh, he's hot. Oh, he's hot. 
he's got an elaborate looking cocktail <laughs> and has clearly had a few, as I may have as well. Um, he's extremely excited to see Peter and offers him cocktails and greets Amelia and Alva. Uh, Alva presents Frank with the contract, which she did actually find, which Frank gladly accepts, but isn't too fussed about it. Uh, they endure an awkward conversation while trying to keep up this hilarious ruse. Frank advises them to come to the big dinner tonight, served up on the beach. So Emilio and Alva return to their room with Peter and realize they can't keep this whole thing up because, you know... Peter's dead. Peter's dead. Yeah, and he hasn't said a word this entire time. <laughs> it do be like that. Um, they decided to come up with a plan to stage Peter's death so that everyone thinks it's an accident. So Emilio heads down to dinner to meet Frank, who is more concerned about Peter's whereabouts. Uh, Emilio explains that Peter has had a bit to drink and wanted to sleep it off but Frank is insistent that he comes down to dinner and begins calling out to Peter's room located on the top floor of the resort a stumbling Peter seems to appear on the balcony in response to Frank, Frank's drunken calls it's Alva holding him up and waving his hand at Frank <laughs> after a bit of back and forth and like a, a marionette of, yeah after a bit of back and forth and a couple of like flailing arms and things like that Peter waves his hands about and is tossed, then tosses himself off the balcony like a ragdoll and plummets to his death. Frank is shocked. They rush to his aid. In the meantime, Emilio and Alva exploit the scene and escape back to the airport. We cut back to New York, where Alva is now thriving in the office post-Peter's death. At the end of the workday, when everyone has left, she walks past and stops at Peter's old office. She goes in and sits at his desk and opens up the top drawer. She pulls out some pistachios, puts up her feet, and turns on the radio. Huey Lewis and the News plays. Credits roll. <laughs> oh my <Wait>. god. <laughs> hey. Oh. That's applause. Oh, I, appla- yeah. I gave you some applause. <laughs> so I'm going to volunteer to go next because mine is nowhere near as in depth as that. And <laughs> I think that I maybe need you to sandwich it so that it's not the last thing everybody hears. Oh, uh, okay. Like in- a shit sandwich. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> because I didn't realize that I my had kid. to go into so much detail. Oh, you don't. Okay, good. No, no. Because my idea is basically an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, oh a crossover. Yes. Yeah. Nice. But you know how, like,. You know how Glee is like a musical mm-hmm. version of well, in my okay, in, in my eyes, the only thing that could make that movie any better and any more ridiculous if it was an entirely a musical <laughs> yes. because there uh. are parts of it where I think we talked about it where Peter kind of acts like Kanicki in Greece, like he's yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, throwing yeah. himself around. So that kind of got me thinking that it would be quite quite amusing if. There was an episode of Buffy where, you know, it turns out Peter really is a vampire and he's been hanging out in Sunnydale with his vampire friends and the only people I could think of that would do this any justice was Steve Buscemi and Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, incredible. Because fuck, yeah. I thought that they would be quite a trio of vampires. Yeah. And <laughs> Especially convers- Christopher yeah. Walken. Well, that's that's where I was going and then... You know, they break into the school and perform as some sort of like avant-garde dance troupe (laughs) and then basically perform Vampire's Kiss in musical form for the students of Sunnydale. Unreal. And then Buffy finds out that they are actually vampires and then, you know, a fight ensues and she, you know... Basically, that's my very shit sequel. <laughs> so. That was awesome. No, I love it. Oh, it's, right. a, it's like okay. a spin-off. See, that's the thing. We don't have any rules. You can do, you can do a spin-off. I mean, my, my love actually... 
sequel was just a, a, a cheap ripoff by Pixar <laughs> called Glove, actually. No, I, I love the connections, though, that you made. Like, yeah. That's exactly what this is all well, about. I, yeah. I wanted to do something around Alva, but then I just felt too sad. And I thought it could be like some sort of like Alva Strikes Back situation. But yeah. I just I just felt too sad. And I just thought that I, the only way I could do it would be to camp it up even more. And <laughs> bring Christopher Walken bring into the Christopher mix. Bring Christopher Walken <laughs> into the mix. Because, I you know, suck. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, have I ever been Cheapy. in a film together? Ooh. I don't know. To the internet. Yeah. Because that would be something I'd be interested in watching. Oh, absolutely. Um, Stay tuned. I might have some further detail for you once I've thought my idea through a little bit better. <laughs> right, a little bit off the cuff. Oh, it's seen... Uh, oh, hang on. I'm getting mixed messages Do you think they'd here. like each other? I don't think they would. I think they would be very different actors. <laughs> a, gr- a great Reddit article uh, link has just come up there that's entitled Why Nick Cage is the next Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, I can see it. Uh, it seems like maybe they have been in a, in a film together, but I'll tell you what, the internet is not doing a good job of, um, giving me a clear answer. Well, I found something called Kiss of Death. Oh. But I don't see any Christopher Walken here. Because I couldn't find anything when I looked, I looked to see if they had been in anything together. Yeah, I don't... I don't think Steve Buscemi has been in anything with... I just basically picked the two most ridiculous actors I could think of next to <laughs> Nicolas Cage and thought that I'd make them a trio of vampires because that's something, as somebody it. who really enjoys vampire movies, and I really enjoy, bless you. Thank you. I really enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. I just thought that I'd, you know, really mash them together. I understand. I, I think it's, it was an excellent choice. Excellent Thank casting. You. Yeah, no, no, no um, complaints here. I felt quite nervous about it, so I'm glad you liked you've it. Done, you've done a great job. I, I, think you, I think you're right as well, Lars. I can't find any um, movies... Uh, where Nicolas Cage and Christopher Walken have been together. But I did find one called Dog Eat Dog from 2016, which is the odd mix of Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. Oh, oh. interesting. I just don't know how... I, I mean, I need to see it now. I absolutely have to. Because next on my list is actually Mandy. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I need to see Mandy as well. Apparently um, that's pretty good. But yeah. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, I feel like you've really been stuck with the bill here, Matt, because you've yeah. got, you got to somehow top that. Uh, look, it's not my best work, but, um, you know, it's it's work. <laughs> is, one of them, is one of those sound effects a... <laughs> you know, I think, there, I think there's like 12 program in there, programmed in there, but I'm not quite sure how to change them just yet. So, we're stuck with funky, um, something else. Rim. <laughs> rim. Rim and, um, <laughs> and the applause. Rim. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of the Buffy episode. <laughs> Funky Rim is the music I listen to while eating dinner. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going okay. with that neither, just then. Ne- neither was I. I was doing some Western Kabuki. <laughs> I was trying to piece it together. <laughs> All right. So my sequel is called Vampires Kiss 2 Second Base. <laughs> Playing the funky music. <laughs> I really wish you could hear it (laughs) next time. Okay, so uh, it's 25 years after the events of the first movie. A young New York professional named Doug is making a name for himself at a law firm. Uh, He's played by Shia LaBeouf. Oh, Oh, good choice. Thank you. I thought, who could match Nicolas Cage's fucking unhinged method acting? I thought he could probably give it a run for his money. Yeah. So... The mid-tier employee has some authority in the workplace, but nothing wild. Like there are, st- are still a few like tiers of management above him. Um, but he's you know he's making his way. Middle management. Yeah. yeah, he's a real ladies' man and loves to prance about town, tuning up birds and doing a monumental amount of blow. <laughs> 
but he's haunted by a ter- terrible affliction. Every time he gets a boner, <laughs> he's haunted by the ghost of his father, Peter Lowe. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> um, it turns out, yeah, that um, his first girlfriend from the movie, the one that he stands up at the um, at the art gallery, uh, curly hair, yeah. visor girl, yeah, Jackie, yes. So um, she was pregnant with his child. Ooh. Um, but Doug doesn't know this. He doesn't know who his father was. Conceived under a bat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he doesn't know who the man is. He just thinks he's being haunted by some freak. Uh, but over the Which years, is a fair assumption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> over the years, he's just learned to live, you know, with seeing this weird suited man. During How could you learn to live with that? He found a way. <laughs> during yeah, you know, during states of arousal. Um, but the first few times were quite confronting. I imagine. Yeah. And, yeah, we see a, a flash of, like, the first time it happened while he was being filleted. Um, <laughs> Good heavens. <laughs> Peter appears in front of him just screaming, I'm a vampire. <laughs> he freaks out, understandably. Oh, my God. <laughs> and sometimes he appears and just doesn't say anything. He just, like, clacks his teeth together, like... Cheapies. Yeah, <laughs> cheapies. <laughs> and, uh, and other times he just, you know, wanders around aimlessly moaning like a sicko, like... Uh, <laughs> at least you don't have uh, you don't have him pouring ghost yogurt onto his uh, oh, son's if, toes. If only I'd known. <laughs> uh, so um, he thought he'd come to terms with this strange affliction, um, even overcome it through his heavy drug use, which seems to mute the visions a little bit. Um, but he. Um, he soon, it says spins, but it's obviously autocorrected from soon for some reason. Anyway, <laughs> he soon begins to show signs of just completely losing it, um, like his dear old dad. Papa. First, <laughs> <laughs> first I'm it's, starting to lose it myself. <laughs> first, it's little things like pouring perfectly good milk into the sink while sniggering to himself, <laughs> or putting ants into the ice cube trays at work. Uh, as his state declines, the bulge in his pants grows until eventually he's just walking around with a fully talked erection permanently. And that becomes like a litmus test of like how how deranged he is at the time. Is like, how big is his bulge? Okay, he's like half mongrel, so oh my he's God. only like half. <laughs> he he's not quite pussy France yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, by the end, he's just like fucking, he's rock hard all the time. Um, He also starts talking with his father's weird accent. So he adopts the like weird continental thing. Um, His mother hears about what's going on through a friend who also works with Doug. And then calls Doug because he's, you know, she's worried that he's going to go through the same thing that his father went through. So she calls him and like spills the beans on who his dad was and what happened. And he's like, what the hell? And then, so he looks up a picture on the internet because obviously this, the whole thing made the news mm. back in the day. Um, and then sees the picture and then, you know... Uh, Realizes. Un- yeah, understands that it's the man from his vision and like immediately starts freaking out. And he just like, he's screaming in the office and he's running up and down the hallway screaming, I'm a literary agent. I'm a literary agent. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, he runs outside and grabs a pigeon, which he takes to the office kitchen and puts in like a sandwich press oh jesus christ <laughs> matthew <laughs> I think we need to have a talk after this it's i'm, I'm following the same you know, 
Why, why, why can Nick Cage get away with it? Why right? am I the asshole? <laughs> Nick Cage made me do it. Yeah. Uh, so he then roams the streets, much like his father, uh, but sporting a huge boner and asking people if they've seen his contracts. Oh, shit. <laughs> he runs into the nearest um, New York equivalent of Office Works. I didn't know what, what uh, that would be. Oh, it does. It's, um, it's called... Big Apple Works. <laughs> I think it's just called... Staples? Staples. Oh, ah, okay. It. Yep. I gotcha. Star players. Um, Thank you, The Office. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. So he walks into his nearest Staples um, <laughs> and asks um, for folders for his files. <laughs> After being shown the premium range, he opts for the three... <laughs> For three manila folders. And as he pays for the cheaper versions, Peter, who's now constantly with him as a vision, right. whispers in his ears, cheapies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now he's like walking around the streets and he um, he comes across this building and he has it in, in his mind, in his vision, it's his new office where he, you know, he, he runs as a literary agent. And it's right. beautiful and new and people are like greeting him at the door and it's oh, beautiful. No. Um, but then it switches back and forth between his vision and reality. And reality is just that it's like an entrance to the sewer, <laughs> uh, which he enters. And then, it, yeah, it just cuts between shots of him in his in his world of being like, you know, big shot literary agent like his dad. Um, and then just, you know, back to reality where he's talking to like rats and bugs and stuff. And then it just... Um, oh, that's it, bleak. It fades out to black. Oh, man. Is it the applause? Did you just give yourself applause? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, great. I did oh, applaud man. myself. Man, yeah, that, that was, was a, excellent. That was a Thank real you. ride. Thank I you feel very like much. we went from a, a amusing, absurdist comedy to basically naked lunch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I felt like I had to keep it real weird. Well, I, I feel like we all did. Oh no, I think we we all did a great job of like, keeping it odd. I was I had one thought when you were talking about the drug use. I thought, well, wouldn't it be funny if like someone afflicted with this thing where like the ghost of Peter Lowe is constantly present, but um, like Shia LaBeouf would try to dull these images by taking drugs, but instead of affecting him, they only affected the ghost of Peter Lowe. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, a good idea. So you'd have like this coked up Peter Lowe ghost just being an absolute pest. Oh, Alpha. man. Or you're sitting there with like yogurt toes and a huge oh. erection. <laughs> <laughs> While you're watching Nosferatu <laughs> Grim Grim Oh man that was fun Yeah that was good fun Thanks yeah. for having me guys Laura thank you so much for joining us Yeah thanks for it coming on board a pleasure That was great I'd like to do this again Yeah definitely Yes I'd like that awesome. Now that I've come to terms with talking into a microphone <laughs> Yeah it's not that hard Yeah no it's it's exactly the same as regular talking yeah, As, as like, you did tell me Yeah it is exactly, <laughs> it's exactly the same as regular talking That's good yeah. I personally am looking forward to being able to hear the sound effects next time yeah. 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 We'll um we'll make sure we have some headphones <laughs> that we yeah. can all get involved. Oh yeah. Um. Until then, you'll have to wait until I put this up. And you can listen to it back. <laughs> it's very professional. This podcast. Oh yes. Way. Oh yes. I can. I'm very impressed by the setup. This yeah. Thank is, you. This is the first podcast I've ever been a part of. Yeah. But I mean, it it looks professional. Yeah. We'll go. Yeah. We're currently sitting in my living room. Maybe I'll take a picture. Maybe I'll take a picture and I'll put it on the Facebook group, which you, which I'm not not of everyone in it, you know, because we're not all dressed very nicely. No, I yeah, I'll hide my yogurt and my upturned couch. <laughs> I actually popped the button off of my jeans after dinner, so I'm actually not in any state to have my photo taken. That's fine. That's honest. fine. I'll just I'll take a picture of the setup. But um, if you would like to get involved in the Facebook group, you should join it. It's um, just the Motion Picture Podcast. You can find it um, wherever. 
wherever you know where you searched into Michael's. <laughs> Michael's making gestures at me, and I'm not sure what he wants no, me to do. Every week, this we do this. No, I was trying to just gesture at you to like be like, hey. Join the Facebook page and then like Aruga or like make a oh, sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, you guys should join the Facebook page. Do we actually have an, an Aruga sound? Or I hope so. I, I'm gonna have to go through the other um, sound effects and see what's in there. Yeah. But there's um, that was jazz. That one was called jazz. It was the one I couldn't remember. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of horns going do 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 do. It's fantastic. This is gonna sound it's hilarious great. being played back because. We're going to hear the sound and oh, we're yeah, going to hear the yeah. description of you being like, that's what this sound was. Yeah, <laughs> I sound like a regular Peter Lowe. <laughs> um, yeah, so join, join the Facebook page. It's a, it's, a, it's a laugh riot and I get to send you all pictures <laughs> of things like this. And um, also a link to a video of Vince Neil fighting yes, Nicolas Cage. I will absolutely put that in there. Yeah. Yeah, we will provide some research material for this film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have a face. Um, sorry, not a Facebook page. Mm. A, uh, a Twitter account. I did set one up. Oh. Uh, it's at the motion pitch. <laughs> I could, it wouldn't let me oh. motion picture was too long ah dang yeah and I couldn't have motion picture because that was taken yeah. oh dear so um, I had to settle with the motion pitch the motion what about pitch. you have underscores in Twitter uh, oh yeah <laughs> I, mean, I didn't think of that yeah oh. well that's why you have me around anyway am I getting through to you Matthew <laughs> <laughs> it's just the motion pitch I'm sure you'll find it <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh, Anyway, thanks for joining us, pals. Yeah, thanks, friends. Adios. Bye. Bye.